Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Bev's Video Kingdom is brought to you by Asa La Vista Babysitting. <laughs> this is Arnold, Hollywood megastar from Governor of California. I know what you're thinking. What does Arnold know about babies? I know it all. When I was a governor, everyone come with me the problems, a bunch of babies. I always tell them, stop whining. Stop it now. <laughs> I was also Detective John Kimball in that kindergarten movie. You saw how good I was with those stupid kids. So give me your babies. Mom and dad, are you stressed out? Your boss got you pushing too many pencils? Take some time away. Give your kids, give your kids to me. Give me your babies. I'm here. Give them to me. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> we'll do all kinds of activities. Turn that baby, baby flab into muscle. I'll make them do push-ups and sit-ups and special games. Like, who's your daddy and what does he do? And run! <laughs> get to the chopper! I also want to exercise their minds. I want them to learn and I want to learn from them. Because my CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. <laughs> so if you want to ever get rid of your kids, think of Arnold. Do it, do it, now I'm here! Hasta la vista, baby. Sitting. <laughs> do it now. Bring me your babies. That's so aggressive. Oh, I don't think you want to put the babies in the chopper. <laughs> Dude, you stuck with the accent pretty good, though. I, I, this is probably the worst accent ever. But It might hey, be the worst, I but there. I enjoyed it immensely. I loved it. What up, BVK family? We are here and we are on a Tuesday recording. Well, actually, it's not a Tuesday, but it's w- Tuesday for y'all. I wish we could have started uh, BVK earlier so we could be like BVK 2K, right? <laughs> Is that not cool? <laughs> I just thought of that. I just thought of that on the top of my head. I don't right know. Now. I mean, if we're going to make shirts for that or not. BVK 2K? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Catch on. You don't think so? Uh-uh. Yeah. All right. Fuck you guys. Well, folks, we're not here with the... Uh, we, we have a, a, a modified crew today. Today, we are rolling with... Uh, we got Zach here. Zach, what's up? I'm over here. And we got on the... Uh, right in front of me, looking mm. looking beautiful, as usual. We got Scotch Beck. How are you guys doing? <laughs> He's Scotch here. Crazy. He's here filling in. We've got uh, a couple absences, but we are doing some things. We still are going to bring you some uh, some delicious pod. You know, that's what we do. We, we took roll it up. We took roll earlier, and there were some fucking people absent. <laughs> absences, but that's all right. So we are talking today about James Cameron's uh, not his classic Avatar, not his classic Titanic, and I don't even know if those are considered classics, but. I do consider this movie a classic, and that is the 1991 Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So the two movies you named before are the highest grossing movies of all time, right? (laughs) Well, the the craziest thing is that James Cameron just makes fucking money. He basically prints money when he makes movies, which is wild. But he very rarely makes movies. Yeah. Look at the movies that he's directed. I mean... Well, since he did Avatar, but now he's planning on essentially like Avatar 2 through 97 or something. How many movies did he direct before Avatar? Like eight? 
Yeah, no, not a lot. Yeah, not that's what lot. I mean. It's, it's a limited, it a limited amount of movies that this dude's done. But, but you know, he did Terminator 2. Uh, he did the original Terminator. That's what kind of got him on the map. He did Aliens. Aliens, yeah. And then he does The Abyss, which is almost like a test run for some of the graphical effects that he's going to run in, in T2. And then T2 in 4th of July weekend comes out. It with was such a huge deal. A budget of $102 million. It's kind of estimated. Some people estimate it might be a little bit higher than that. But it did go on to make worldwide $520 million. So half a bill. Which in today's money is like $800 billion or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) ridiculous. Ridiculous. So the dude made a a great movie. But not not only did he make a, a movie that made a lot of money, he made a movie that was just... It was an event. It was there were so many tie-ins with it. There was uh, just so many things where this felt like one of the biggest first real summer blockbusters. I mean, that became a thing. I'm, I'm not going to say that it wasn't before, but this was a gigantic summer blockbuster where, that like, kind of led to like the media that we see nowadays with like uh, uh, promotions and toy tie-ins and music video tie-ins and all that shit. I mean, this was the one that kind of really put all that shit on the map. But this this shit dwarfs the stuff that happens now i mean they're, they're not doing anything like what they did for t2 nowadays oh yeah where no, no, where no you doubt. were like captive to whatever was on the tv and like every taco bell commercial or whatever it was they had the where we had to watch commercials on it. yeah exactly <laughs> you had to watch it and i mean now i mean i don't even think they're they're putting anywhere near the amount of like campaigns together for new movies well, are like, they that was like was that back like when they were putting everything on taco bell cups and, and exactly like running all that shit? like you don't yeah. see that hardly at all anymore and, and i remember like collecting the cups and the, the you know all the glasses and stuff from the various fast yeah. food places. you're like this one's got godzilla on it you know I mean, the crazy thing is this is an R-rated movie, and they're doing toy tie-ins. Like, they're, they're, they didn't care back in the right. day. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to sell the fuck out of some Terminator little little yeah. toys for some kids. But 100% <laughs> devoid of any sex or sexuality or, or anything, really, right? Oh, in this movie? Yeah, no, yeah. It's, all, it's just yeah. violence so, and cussing. I mean. So it's like a, it's, a, it's a rated R movie, but they really shied away from the sex part of it. Like, I, I watched it with my boys, and they loved it. You know what I mean? But I, and there was nothing in it that, you know, he, he, they even have the part where they tell the Terminator not to kill people. You know what I <laughs> right. mean? Now, and there's nothing super graphic. I mean, this is the same time as RoboCop. And, and I think Total Recall was the movie that uh, Schwarzenegger did before this. So it's like those were some violent ass movies. Those were some gruesome violence. Right. And, and this has got I mean, it's got a couple violent scenes, but it's I mean, the fact that it's liquid metal that's getting destroyed most of the time. It, it's obviously not graphic. Right. And the fact that, you know, he's a cyborg, you know, it kind of almost makes it a little bit more acceptable that he's just getting the crap blown out of him nonstop by all these cops. And, yeah. you know, so it's like maybe they're like, ah, you know, we can sell Taco Bell kids. And, you know, <laughs> it's all right. It's just a robot. It's all good. Just a robot. No big deal. Where, um, was, this, where was this movie? Were they supposed to be in L.A.? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's so the Los Angeles River or whatever. I mean, he injured so many police in this movie that like their their like disability fund ran out immediately after after this incident, right? Even well, I mean, if, previously in Terminator, he he murdered like murdered, seventeen murdered. cops yeah, he or something. Killed, he killed a bunch of them, but this time he just maimed like yeah. tons of them, dude. Like, how many dudes took shots right in the thigh or the kneecap? Well, yeah, with that SWAT team in the, in the, the building, I mean, it's, it's yeah. pretty bad. It for was all a of lot. Them. Um, so. I, did you guys rewatch this for this like recently? Because I watched it last night. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what ver- version you watched, um, but I think I got a um, like an extended version or something because okay. there's a couple scenes I didn't remember. They have done some some extended things. I, the the one big scene that they they talked about was was 
reprogramming him to go into learning mode, which right. that, that was a deleted scene because I bought okay. like the cool, like it was like a metallic case and it was like badass special edition. It was uh -huh. like, it was super cool. Yeah. That was one of the scenes I didn't remember, but it was, I really liked it. It was cool. And then there's another one with, um, where Kyle from the first oh, movie in the dream. comes into the dream and that yeah. wasn't in the original movie, right? Right. That's okay. you, you watch an extended cut. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it didn't say it when I, when I, downloaded it. it that was an extended cut i did notice it was two and a half hours and i go dude i don't remember this movie being that long <laughs> it's the yeah. star wars effect dude where they just yeah. change the movie and that's the only version you can get of it now yeah. you know what i mean yeah so, but kyle kyle and, and sarah getting all hot and heavy in the in the cell it was really kind of weird yeah it was, well, i, I did I not see, why they cut see it. that version it's, yeah they, they brought yeah. the actor back and everything for it so it was yeah, yeah it was a little it was michael bain and yeah. and just yeah they were getting all into it and it was just but I can see where I think they made the cut when she walks outside and walks up to the fence. I think I go, okay, that's where they made the cut in the actual theatrical version. But gotcha. anyway, yeah, if you want to check out something kind of weird. Yeah, because she's pretty much just immediately outside and kind of walking right. towards the fence in the version that I watched. Yeah. So this is, I believe, I don't know if this is the first R-rated movie I saw in the theater. Um, it might have been, I know, in 1991, I'm 12 years old. I may have seen uh, an R-rated movie before this, but I... Definitely went and saw it with my dad without seeing Terminator. Um, he had seen Terminator. He loved it. And so he's like, we're, we're checking out. And I, I was bought into the hype. I was super into it. Um, so I was all about going to it. And I remember we went to, to the, the theater on McHenry Briggsmore. We went to Briggsmore Cinema. Okay. And we watched it in the big theater, which was like the sound, everything. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But man, it was just fucking cool. It yeah. was legit. Yeah, this is one of those movies that I remember just changing everything. You know, it's like you come out of that thing, you go on, what did I just witness? Like those special effects were just absolutely insane, you know, and, and just how, like just really thinking, how did they just do that and make this film? And it's weird because I think about it now. It's like, you know, the, the, old, the old man thing, but like kids these days won't understand how, what that did like compared to the movies before that like the, the but my kids who have only seen the spider-mans and all of right. those movies watched this movie and never once were like oh that looks cheesy or okay. like, you know what i mean like not never once but i believe like the liquid metal guy like that whole part of it that was like pretty groundbreaking at the time totally right? i didn't yeah. see it until a little later so i, I didn't get the like theater experience. i didn't realize the abyss was before this Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, because that blew my mind too. That that whole and it's the same kind of technology with the water, you know, snake going through the. Am I wrong in that? Maybe. I don't. I don't know. I'd look on my phone, but I'm using it as a camera. Let me let me check real quick. No, Abyss, 1989. So yeah. Okay. And don't question my knowledge. I, I, I'm on a fucking movie podcast, Scotch. I'm on a movie bro, podcast. You know? Shit. You guys used to be all like nice to me and welcoming. Now you say one wrong fucking thing and jump down my throat. You know what? I was listening to one of our, our recent pods and and I uh, when we were talking, there was uh, it was actually the rush pod. I was talking F1 stuff and my family's pretty into it. They corrected me on like three different things. Oh, I they're like, they're 18-inch wheels, Dad, not 17-inch. I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah. God. You, I, made, I you made a bunch of like uh, – <laughs> like you, you explained a bunch of stuff to us. And while you were explaining it, I was like, there's people on the internet that are going to be like, he was wrong about this. He was There was a few things this. that I, I, I was wrong about, and, I, and I was, I've already been told. My, I didn't my know family's good about it. If, if you make a mistake and, and have some, some, some wrong information, we, we're, mm -hmm. we fact check the fuck out of Melissa's Melissa is going to let you know. <laughs> Actually, it's more like my son now. Like my son oh, is really? like he, he's like, nah, no, no, no. 
That's that's wrong. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an academic decathlon champion. You can't tell me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. All right. So um, thoughts. I mean, when did when did you first see this movie, Zach? I mean, do you remember what I remember, it might have been? I remember, no, I remember exactly where I watched it. My friend Josh's house. He lived on Lander out in the country. And uh, I remember going over there and he was like, oh, we got T2. You want to watch it? And I was like, hell yeah, because I was younger. So I was like, this is going to be the wildest movie that I've ever seen. And I had seen Terminator 1. It was the first rated R movie I ever saw. I got my tonsils out. My mom, I was laying on, laying on the couch. My mom had to go to work. I got to stay home by myself. She like got me ice cream or, or whatever I could, like cold stuff that I could mm-hmm. eat. And Terminator. I got to rent Terminator at Bez Video Kingdom. Love it. And uh, so anyway, so I was hyped for T2. I remember watching it at my buddy's Josh house and, and just we were, we were blown away. When the guy stabs through the milk carton. Like dude, that, that was the scene that got me like more than any other scene in the movie. I was like, Oh, this is going to be wild. And then it never really goes too far into like cool head stabbings after that. But right. I mean, a little bit like when you think he's going to like stab her with his stabby finger. At well, the end. He, he does put his finger through the, uh, guys, uh, the, one of the cops at the, uh, he does, Asylum, he does right the little, eyeball. Yeah, yeah. He does the, the, the bad guy from no country for old men move to him where he just like pokes it right through his yeah. head. Yeah, I mean, that that I remember that when he puts that knife through the milk carton, that whole scene because that's like the first time you really see the you see weapons. the morphing. Yeah, and, exactly. And, yeah, he explains right after that scene, like, oh yeah, they can turn into metal, but not bombs and guns, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, which that's it's a funny thing. It's like they have all this crazy technology. I mean, obviously, it's like liquid metal. I mean. Where are the fucking electronics or batteries or whatever? It's like that. That's not explained. But he yeah. can't turn into guns or anything. But he can be stabbing weapons, and, and it's just kind of a, a weird dynamic. That yeah, there's, there's a lot of loose and fast technology in this movie. Yeah. That's kind of like yeah, we just say a couple words, poly alloy, and all of a sudden you're like, oh fuck, that's what it is. Yeah, it's legit. <laughs> how, many, how many robots did you send back? People that can travel through time? Oh, two. We sent two back. Oh, only two, but I just saw thousands of them uh, in the in the <laughs> army there. No, we just sent two. Uh, are we going to get into the? Uh... <laughs> no, I think we should talk about it before we talk to James. Just, because, I mean, we don't have to body bag or anything. But right. I think I, I've, got, I've got a body bag related to okay. yeah. some of the then let's the save issues. it. Then. But um, but yeah, I definitely did think about the whole. It, it, where's there's got to be a CPU somewhere on that guy, even though he's metal or whatever. But um, yeah, I remember I saw this in the theater for sure. And um, I can't remember if I saw the first Terminator before this or not. I'm assuming I did. Um, but it's sometimes there's, you know, the sequels, like, you know, Aliens it is a lot different than Alien. You know, like Alien is straight up like horror and scarier, you know, crazy. And I think I know I saw Aliens first That's and went horror. back and saw Alien go, this is going to be badass. And I was like, holy shit, this movie scared the crap out of me. And I, I, this is kind of like that, too, in a way. There's more comedy in this. You know, like Terminator's like straight up just nonstop, you know. Yeah, they call that yeah. more like like almost like sci-fi horns. So, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I'm i not sure what I what I saw first, but I, I want to say it was I saw the original first. But I remember this in the theater and just being blown away. So, 
All right. Well, we're going to move on now to uh, a segment we like to call drinking with the director. But um, rather than have an actual director with us or or a, a fake director, which we always just <laughs> pretend that they're there, we are joined today a performer, drinking with a performer today with uh, our friend Mark Christopher Lawrence is here to join us. He has been in uh, uh, all sorts of Hollywood movies, uh, TV shows. He's done stand-up comedy. Uh, you've probably seen him in uh, uh, Terminator 2. You've seen him in Fear of a Black Hat. You've seen him in uh, uh, Chuck, a great network show. So welcome to the show, Mark Christopher Lawrence. How you doing, man? Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. I'm good. Thank you for coming today. So really appreciate you being here. Uh, I know I want to get kind of to the point here. We're talking about Terminator 2 today. So real quick, starting off with your, uh, uh, your, your, your beginnings, you started off, grew up in Compton, California, and then transitioned to, to USC. So real quick, could you just tell me a little bit about that, that transition going from uh, uh, growing up in Compton and then you went up at USC, the, the local university pretty much? Yeah, I had a teacher, my English teacher got me involved in speech and and uh, I did mostly individual events and not debate, but, um, you know, like oral interpretation of literature and poetry and stuff like that. And um, but my, my actual first semester in college was at San Diego State and I was just fish out of water. You know, I went from student body president, you know, captain of the football team, captain of the wrestling team to the only black guy in all the classes and <laughs> felt like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get back home and see some black people. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I went to Cerritos college for three semesters and, you know, played football while I was there and, and was on the speech team and took four events to the national tournament and won all four. And I had a judge from, from USC in every round of every speech and after the award ceremony, the head of the department comes over and says, hey, I'm Tom Holland. I want to talk to you about coming to USC. And I was like, well, I can't afford to go to USC. And he said, well, I didn't ask you for any money. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so that was like the beginning of you know, my sort of acting career. Because once I got there, one of my, one of my coaches brought um, an agent to see me in a play. It was a friend of his. And she signed me. And that was that was my first audition. Uh, I didn't even have pictures. It's like she signed me, and, and she paid a guy seventy five bucks to shoot uh, to shoot pictures of me as a favor because you know totally broke. And <laughs> I, I literally used those pictures for eleven years. <laughs> <laughs> well, they must have, they, they must have made you look real good though. So they must have been pretty. Well, like that, you know, you still look like this, but but maybe we should get some new headshots <laughs> just to mix it up. <laughs> Nice. And so you, you move from that, you go from uh, 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 one of my favorite movies, Fear of a Black Hat, and then you get, uh, we actually, before that, you start in a, a Terminator 2. How did, how did you get into uh, to Terminator 2? Was that just a, an audition? Yeah, it was an audition, and they were very secretive. It's like, normally you get the material beforehand, and you look it over, and you go do your audition. And they said, okay, uh, we're not releasing the script or the sides. If you want to see it beforehand, you need to come up to the, to the production office which was a trek at the time I lived in Hollywood. And so it was a trek to get over there. So I get over there, read it, go through it, do the work that I normally would do on it. And then, you know, went back home. And then the next day I went early before my audition and read through it again, just so I could, you know, tighten it up and audition and didn't hear anything. Actually, I didn't hear anything for a couple of months. Oh wow! And uh, I was actually looking through the paper, looking for a different job that was, 
this ad in the LA Weekly said, learn to deal cards. You know, we have placement in Monaco and, oh, and wow. Reno and Tahoe and <laughs> Vegas. And so I, I actually went to audit the class. And before the class was over, suits came in and shut the class down. They were laundering money through this class. Oh, what? <laughs> what? So glad I gave them my $499. You got it back? Oh. And, yeah, well, I never gave it to him because to I was oh, audit he's audited it, yeah. Dude. Yeah, you audited wow. first class for free and then paid if you want to come back. And so, uh, <laughs> so, you know, literally, we could have two weeks later and get a call from the wardrobe designer from Terminator 2, which, you know, the audition had been two months ago, maybe three. And she says, I need your sizes. I said, what is this for? She goes, Terminator 2. I was like, well. So I give her the sizes and I call my agent. I said, hey, so uh, Terminator 2, uh, the wardrobe just called me. And she goes, yeah, we're on the phone talking to him now. were you familiar with terminator prior to that like had you watched terminator one or yeah i thought terminator one i thought was the most relentless movie ever it's like it kept you on your seat and gave you anxiety yes you know like when it's when it's crawling through that press and that hand just keeps coming it just keeps (laughs) going you're like will this ever stop (laughs) (laughs) there was no way that you know when, when michael bean says there you have to keep running. It will come after you. It'll never stop. He meant it. Yeah, yeah. He, was he was not lying. lying. Sure. He was not lying. <laughs> I would say I think in that regard, uh, uh, the first one is better than than Terminator Two. Uh, the special effects is what makes Terminator Two what it is. hundred percent. It changed the way we watch movies. Oh yeah, you know, those special that, effects. That whole summer blockbuster tie-ins we were talking about that a little bit earlier it's just it's it's crazy like how big that movie was as far as like it was an event like everybody was like we have to go see this movie because it's just it's huge but i mean mark at the time how cool is it to walk around la and just be like oh yeah i'm in t2 i'm 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 in that it it was really awesome and and people that didn't know i was in it when they see it i all of a sudden i get a phone call People screaming on the phone. You're in Terminator too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. In general, what was the mood like on that set? James is very meticulous. Okay, he knows exactly what he wants to see. You know, there's no fluctuation from it. It's like, okay, we're gonna shoot this, then we're gonna get this, and we're gonna turn around and get this. We're gonna get that, and that, and then we're out of here. And so he was very meticulous. Um, and then Arnold hanging out. You know, Arnold was training a guy to be Mr. Olympia at oh, the wow. time. They had this big, this big trailer with weights. That was a weight room, and this dude was like taller than Arnold and had that same physique that Arnold used to have, you know. And uh, but Lee Haney crushed him. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I don't even know. If, I don't even know if he made it to the finals that year. <laughs> and, and I've never seen that guy again. <laughs> That's yeah, how, how you can be like I was more buff than Arnold, but yet I went a different direction. That's kind of wild. Yeah, well, Lee Haney was a beast at the time. Yeah. He was a beast. I remember that guy. So you remember that? I do. I do. So the uh, the, the Terminator Two set it, it lasts a long time. It probably had to kind of like did it kind of like dilute you like as far as like what what uh, uh, Hollywood is like as far as like oh are all the sets going to be like this or or were you just kind of like were your expectations no like- no because my first job was Hill Street Blues. Okay. And so um, uh, they were shooting downtown at Six and Crocker, which at the time was was really part of Skid Row. And so but it had that New York feel and vibe to it. So that's why, you know, they shot there and um, it, they treated 
the extras kind of terrible. Yeah. So one thing I got from was I was like, okay, I'm never doing that. Never doing extra work because they don't treat them well. And then the other thing is I got from it is that, you know, you can't really do the project without background actors. So, you know, whenever I'm producing, make sure I'm taking care of the background. actors. Oh yeah. And, um, uh, but, but because of seeing that, you know, that it was, it, that, that kind of gave me an inkling that, you know, it wasn't going to all be hunky dory. Gotcha. You know, and, and luckily I've only been on a couple of pro- projects where I felt like, Hmm, I just want to get my money and get out of here. Well, that's cool. That, yeah, no, that's got to be a good experience. We, we've talked to a few different people uh, who've been in Hollywood and stuff, and it's like you get that same thing where it's it's a job. Like sometimes you, you're you working with good people. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes you're not, yeah. and it's it, it can be kind of a drag. So um, uh, Crimson Tide, what was what was that set like? Um, so speaking of background actors, it was like <laughs> apparently they thought they were real sailors because every day, every day there was a dice game. <laughs> I get the word and go. All right, I'm gonna go take somebody's money. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> and, and one day, Denzel, you know, walks up on the game, and I'm there. And I got like probably four or five hundred dollars in, in my hand. He goes, "Why are you taking their money?" <laughs> he says, "We're not paying you enough." I said, "I'm not taking it. They're giving it to me." <laughs> Oh, nice. That, that's good stuff. So, moving forward from from that. So, wait, wait, wait. We got to go I'm back sorry. to T two. So, oh, I'm sorry. So T2, do you die? No, he got slammed in the wall. No. You don't think No, you... in fact, in, into a window. No, I'm not dead. In okay, fact, okay. Here's, here's why I know I wasn't dead. Because uh, James said, hey, Mark, um, keep writhing around down there. You're not dead. Oh. And so the guy who actually <laughs> hit the wall, like I hit the window. That's right. right. You're down. the first right. one that gets thrown. The guy yeah. hit the wall, his glasses kind of go like that, and he falls down. And, and he goes... He goes, yeah, I'll come crawling after him. And James looks at him and goes, no, you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. And and there were several moments during the shooting where where James had to cut him off. I I can tell he he did not like that. (laughs) He's like, dude, you're dead. Lay back down, bro. He said, no, you're dead. (laughs) So I I think I know the answer, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. Was that a stuntman or was that you? Getting thrown yeah, actually something man. Oh, I was hoping it was you. But yeah. uh, but, 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 but the but, only person I know that that knew it was was my best friend uh, at the time, Lennon. He's like a brother to me. You know, from the time I was like twelve, it's like I was on his hip. And he 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 went, Yeah, that's not you. That dude is too tall. He's, his skin is lighter, his hair is way redder. My hair is kind of red, but it wasn't as red as his. His name was wow. Rusty McClendon. Okay. But I wanted to do the stunt, but but uh, the stunt coordinator said, don't do it. He says, he says, you know, he says, stunt guys get hurt all the time. He says, you can act. He says, he says there's nothing on the other side of that window. So if you go through the window, you're dropping three stories. Oh, well, there you and go. Then you're I'm like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but when yeah. Arnold puts well, his hands on I didn't do it because of that, that, that mesh on the window yeah was yeah. like it was pliable and it had like just like this rubber stuff on it and he didn't get, get his hands up fast enough so he's got like a little had a little waffle mark on his face oh and i was like Whoo, i would have burnt my face yeah but he's he you you would have been able to tell all the ladies you see this this is from arnold you see that right, you see that right there <laughs> arnold, arnold saying, that. When, when arnold put his hands on you were you like man this guy's like like you could feel his strength or was it just like i mean he's just kind of like going easy no he was just acting yeah. Uh, so 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 basically, he walks up, and they tell you, you, you know, when he grabs you, come up like halfway. 
And then they bring the catapult in and put the stuntman on it and then launch him in. Flies it. through the window. What? Yeah. So Arnold didn't even throw the stuntman? <laughs> <laughs> Movie magic. Now, Movie unlike magic. Unlike and Chuck, when you see when you see me knock Patrick Kilpatrick down, uh-huh. uh that's me knocking his stuntman off of the the, the crash pad. Uh-huh. I hit him so hard he flew <laughs> past the crash pad. And the first take, I was like trying not to hurt him. He was going, no, oh, come on, man. I got a pad right here. So go ahead and hit me. I was like, all right. And so I came through. Boom. He went flying. <laughs> Good stuff. I love it. Uh, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> That's, right. That's wild. So so moving forward, you you hit up uh, uh, Chuck. Now, was that a, a, just a pure audition? Or did you, you did you know somebody? Or did they, they kind of say, hey, we wanted you for this part? Or how'd that work out with uh, getting that network? Uh, it was just an audition. It was an audition. And I read for the, the role of Harry Tank, actually, and, um, and, and didn't get it. And then I think I was up for like four or five pilots that season. And, you know, Chuck was just a, a guest star, possibly recurring. And... Um, so I didn't even work on it until the night before. So I go in, I do the audition and didn't hear anything. I was actually getting ready to go to Maui. And my agent goes, Hey, so that, that Chuck thing, they're going to hire you. Uh, it's possibly recurring. It's kind of high and by. So it'd be like a couple of lines of episode and that'll be about it. I was like, all right, well, it's better than nothing, but you know, it works Wednesday and I know you're leaving on, on Thursday. So literally they shot me out. I worked until like three in the morning and drove back home to San Diego. So I catch my flight to Maui. Oh, nice. So you go to Maui and you're thinking like, just you hope this pilot gets picked up type thing. Like, no, because it was like, it was just, you know, possibly recurring. And then it's high and by, I was like, you know, if it gets picked up, it gets picked up. If not, you know, I'll get something else. And, and then it gets picked up and they said, Oh, by the way, you're, you're not, uh, you're, you're playing, you know, big Mike still, yeah. but but um, looks like right now they they've hired you for all thirteen episodes, but Jeez. recurring. And I did every episode that first season. About halfway through, I said to to my agent, I said, "Hey, um, yeah, we should probably talk about you know more money." <laughs> yeah, getting you into the cast, cast, right? Getting the full cast. I did a I did a stunt last night, and we didn't get a bump. And <laughs> sure enough, you know, by the end of the week, they had, they had cut a deal for series regular for the following season. Nice. So, so Mark, can you speak a little bit on the life of having pilots and having stuff that you feel really good about not getting picked up? Is that is that was that part of of, of life for you? It sounds like it was. If you had a bunch of different stuff in development, yeah. now for me, it was is it's more I, I, because of the George Went show. So I worked worked on the George Went yep. show. Well, actually, back to to Sammy Davis Jr. had a pilot called um, Sammy's Place. And they hired me to play a son. Then Sammy broke his hip. Is this in the the eighties or? This is eighties. Okay. And oh. so, um, so they retooled the show, and they brought in Tim Reed, and it became a show called Frank's Place. And he didn't have a son, so I was out. But they had to pay me because we had already signed contracts. Shortly after that, I did the George Wint show, which kind of the same thing happened in terms of the way you find out stuff is not going the way you think it's going to go. Yeah. Um, we were, we shot 13 episodes and then about the fifth episode, uh, the Oklahoma bombing happened Oh yeah, sure. and they preempted the show. And then I had a bad feeling. I was like, Hmm, 
I don't think we're coming back. And then I get a call from uh, the creator of the show saying, hey, uh, there's some things in the trades that didn't come from me. Um, you know, I love the cast, you know, and um, but it doesn't look like we're coming back the way we are. And George, to his credit, uh, apparently they wanted to retool the show, which would have been the second retooling because I didn't do the original pilot. Um, I was in the retool of the original pilot. And uh, George said, well, if you're going to change out the actors, then I don't want to do it because it's not the problem is not with the actors. The, the, the chemistry and the acting is great. You know, some of the problems are technical. And he had a point because Robbie Benson uh, directed one of the episodes and his episode was the best one. And it, I think part of it is that he, he's an actor. So he knows how to talk to actors and he knows, you know, what sort of, for lack of a better term, motivates characters. Um, then you have somebody like Terry Hughes who is, you know, puts beautiful pictures together on screen, but he doesn't really know the acting side <laughs> because because he said to me that there was there was one episode where my character was pissed at George. I come in and I make a beeline over to him and he says, Mark, when you come in, why don't you stop at the water cooler where where Brian Doyle Murray, I think is I forget his character's name. He says Brian where Brian is, he says, I get a great two shot right there. I said, Yeah, but I'm pissed at George. I would go right to him. He's right there. I can see him when I come into the garage. He goes, yeah, but I get a great two shot over there. And so what happened with the lines, you know, it's like I'm saying lines from over here. And when it played fine in front of the audience, but on television, there's sort of a hiccup in the joke. Yeah. You know, because they have to cut and then cut back over here to to get the punchline. And Com- yeah. and it was terrible. Comic timing. I mean, that's a, that's a huge part of yeah. any any good show that you're going to be into. It's it's got to feel like it flows and 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 those the jokes are hitting. So yeah, that cutaway was just way too far. So, what is a role? We always like to ask is what a, what is a role that that you've seen or you've seen performed and that you're like, man, if I could have had that role, that that's a role that I would have loved to play. Is there is there something that stands out to you as far as? Uh, uh, just an, it could be an iconic role. It could be something small, like where you're just like, I wish I could have played that part. Uh, there's two. There was one on on uh, Ray Donovan. They ended up hiring um, uh, uh, Mr. Winslow from from Urkel. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Reggie Bell Johnson. Yeah, there you go. They they end up hiring him, and when I saw it, I honestly thought my my audition was better than his performance. And, um, and, and I like the guy. I mean, I worked, in, I worked with him on a Christmas movie for On. Yeah. And, and uh, years ago, I stood in for him on a commercial. But, <laughs> but he, um, you know, he's a, he's a good dude, but I thought that I was way better mm-hmm. in, in that. So, so that role. And then um, in Fences with Denzel, oh, uh, the, the Gabriel role. I played that in a, in a play here in San Diego and I thought I would kill that. Yeah. And, and a friend of mine who was actually in the play, the, the day that he saw the movie, he sent me a text from the theater. And he said, you are so much better. Uh, <laughs> like, did you get an audition for that one at all? Didn't even read for it. Oh, and I think, I think, I think Michael T uh, was probably in, in the off Broadway production that they did. Okay. With Denzel, so gotcha. you know, it makes sense. But yeah. but had he gave me a look, 
<laughs> I, I can do it. I can do it. Put me in, coach. All right. So um, as far as moving from that, now you uh, – I, I tried to watch this. and I, I, I'll, I'll say, Mark, I, I did try to watch this. I wanted to to see Stacks because I know you got ah. an Emmy nomination for that, for, uh, for the daytime yeah. Emmys. What is uh, – uh, the, the the trailer showed it looked like it's a, there's a deal going down, but I know there's a twist. And I and is there somewhere I can watch that? Do you know where I can find that? Yeah, I'll send you a link. Okay, you okay? Well, that'd be it's awesome. On, it's, on, it's on YouTube. Oh, is is the full on YouTube? It's only seven and a half minutes. Okay, this, I I tried to look for it and I, I I could not find it. And I was I I'm, I don't know. Usually I'm pretty good at finding stuff, but I did not find yeah. the, the the full the the full short. So yeah, I'll I'll email it up. Oh, sweet, man. So how is that? Like, so is this, when you have a short film like that, is it usually just basically a, a director or an artist trying to kind of just kind of get their, their name out there? Is, is that what the purpose of a lot of these types of films are? Well, well, this was just, you know, we were going to just shoot something, you know, cause we had time on our hands. You know, okay. Cause, cause uh, uh, pe- the pandemic had started. LA was just about to, to shut down, you know, uh, for quarantine and Gerald Webb, who directed it, calls me up. He says, "Hey, I got this idea." He he had gone to Costco and was and, and left there with his with his panties in a bunch over hoarding. Oh, all the hoarding. stuff was gone. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. <laughs> and so, oh, so that's what stacks. So, okay, now I think I have in my mind. I think I'm starting to hear what what this might have been about. So then, so then he went home and he threw this idea at me, and I was like, I was like, yeah, write it. So he wrote it and then sent it back to me. And I read it and said, all right, well, we're shooting. And he said, okay, uh, let's shoot tomorrow. <laughs> so we started shooting at like 7 p.m. And L.A. closed down the next morning. Oh, wow. Oh, geez. And so you know, we finished at like 3 in the morning. And that's his history. How was Won it? a bunch I, of awards. And, yeah, no, yeah, a lot of awards. That, I, I was looking at the uh, all the awards that you guys got for that. That's sweet. The what was it like as an actor in the pandemic? Was I mean, was it was it just odd, or was there like you you kind of hear of a job, and then like was there a lot of protocols that you have to follow if you want to go audition or things like that? Um, wow. In the beginning, it was just like you know I had been on the road to Canada twice, you know, doing tours, and and I get back, I had had an audition for a film, had an audition for a pilot, and, uh, and then another film, and then right the next week, I get started getting phone calls and text messages. And emails, you know, we got to, we got to reschedule, we got to, uh, cancel. And so the pilot went away completely. Uh, one of the films came back, you know, like I think in that June, they shot it in Oklahoma. And it's funny because when I got home, a friend of mine said, so how was the shoot? I said, the shoot was great, except for we're shooting in this campground. And the second AD, by the time I left, had pulled twenty six takes off of himself. Oh, so, so, so oh every night I get to the hotel and just scour my body to see if I got any takes. You know they're there, but you can't find them. Oh, that's the worst. Uh, and then, and then, right that next week, there was a thing in the news that Oklahoma had just exploded with with an outbreak of COVID. Oh, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm out of there. <laughs> You know, but but it was just you know I had to sort of reinvent myself. You know, it was like I, I started teaching again. I started teaching online. You know, stand up and acting. And so, Mark, what what's what's going on very currently? You got anything to plug? What what do you what do you got going down? 
my dry bar comedy special is is up and running on on i guess it's been three years now but people are still watching it so mm-hmm. keep watching it okay <laughs> it's, it's clean clean out of compton is, is what it's called uh and then um i just finished a, a christmas movie called lying together uh we we're shooting in in estes park colorado which is nine thousand sixty-eight feet oh my oh, goodness and, and probably and beautiful. i was so glad Beautiful, but yeah. but that first four or five days was hard. <laughs> and freak. That uh, air is. <laughs> I said, man, y'all got to put some bacon grease in it or something. Oh, <laughs> man, thinking that shit up. I said, I can see. I can see. I mean, I've I was waking up in the middle of the night, gasping for air, as if like 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 sleep apnea kind of, because just you know so thin. Yeah, and I mean, after about four or five days, it. it mellowed out for me uh but whoo um and it's it's a it's a fun you know family friendly film it'll be uh, probably out hopefully around november or so okay um and then um did a couple commercials uh i'm i'm I'm, uh waiting to start i think sunday we do a table read for a series for pure flicks called fragments Okay. And um, so that's that's going to be fun. I, I, you know, speaking of working out, I've been working out a lot because I'm playing a cop in this, and all right, you know, he's, he boxes, so I've been you know working on my boxing and 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 dropping some weight and just trying to not have a heart attack on set. <laughs> Dude, that sounds awesome though. I always I always thought I was like, if I was an actor, I would totally work out for roles. You know what I mean? I won't do it for myself for my own health, but I was like, if I was an actor, I would totally be getting into shape right now, you know? Oh man. So that's my problem. I'm like, in the wrong line of line, line of uh, employment. I need to be an actor so I can get in shape. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Right. Well, well, the, well the funny thing is 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 I, I sleep when I'm heavier I get a lot of funnier stuff. Oh yeah, and then and then when I'm not, it's like it's like, weren't you fat? What happened? Yeah, good. Look- <laughs> Mark, good-looking people aren't funny, man. That's that's what the the moral of the story is. Well, buff people aren't funny. Yeah, and don't exactly. believe me. Ask Joe Piscopo. Oh yeah. Joe, oh jeez. <laughs> Joe left his funny on the bench on the bench in, in the gym. <laughs> yeah, Arnold He's makes Joe Piscopo look like a like, like yeah. I mean, Joe, Arnold Arnold's com- comedy like he actually came into his own as a, as a comedic actor, but Joe Piscopo just could yeah. not find it whatsoever. Yeah, just couldn't find. It. I said, I said, I bet he's still going to the gym going, hey, I, I was working out on this bench about 20 years ago. Have you seen my funny? I dropped it. Anybody turn that in? <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming on here, man. This is this has been uh, a, Super a lot of cool, fun. Mark. Uh, it's, it's always, uh, it's always cool to talk to somebody who's had just a, you, you've been working in Hollywood constantly and it's like, uh, uh, everybody always wants to focus on, okay, like, oh, Denzel or, or focus on Will Smith or focus on Arnold or whoever. It's like, you guys are what make movies happen. Cause you guys are the ones that, that actually are out there working hard constantly. You don't get the trailer. You don't get the, the, I know what Arnold got paid with, but the jet for T2, like they paid him with a jet. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wow! Like, who's getting paid with a jet? Like, oh, my salary's a jet. That's that's craziness. But but I I, I really appreciate the the fact that you uh, uh, made people laugh uh, throughout your career. You've done some some great work, and uh, we really appreciate you having here, man. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I, I um, you know, I'm sorry we had the little snafu with this internet. <laughs> that's that that's okay. 
that, good, that, man. That's yeah. all good. I, th- I thought it went great. Thank you so much, man. Hey, hey, I got to ask you one more question before you go. Yeah. So one of my favorite shows of all time, Martin, you were on one episode of Martin. What was your part on Martin? So here's what happened. And it happens. It happened twice to me. Okay. Uh, the first time it happened, it was on um, Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh. I booked the job. And by the time I get to get to the studio, the part had been written out. Oh, shit. But because you're a guest star, they have to pay you and you get the credit. Okay. Oh, so you so you didn't even get to be on Martin? Didn't even didn't even and, and my best friend at the time, Tommy Ford, you know, he, he was he played Tommy. Dude, on, on, you know oh my god. And so I just hung out, you know, I got there Martin when nobody calls him. And so <laughs> I just hung out, ate lunch, and hung out with Tommy all day. Okay. And, and, and I think I snuck into to Universal because they they were shooting on the Universal lot. There's a there was a, a open gate right next to Tommy's dressing room, so I went in and rode a couple rides and came back out. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> I was jealous that you were on Martin. Now I'm jealous that Tommy's your best friend. That is freaking yeah. awesome. Rest in peace, man. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate you. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Bez Video Kingdom is brought to you by Terminator Boutique. Need to kill a threat from the past, but you don't know which ascot will go well with your shotgun? Having trouble blending in as you try to terminate that little kid who grows up to fuck up all of your side's evil plans? Have you realized that as you travel through time, you're now butt-ass naked and that shit doesn't fly in 1995? <laughs> then you need to immediately hit up Terminator Boutique, located at the Galleria Mall. We'll have you looking bad at the bone before you can say hasta la vista, baby, and you'll be off and terminating without all the fussy mess of taking out an entire biker bar and exposing your long, I mean, exposing your location to others. Terminator Boutique, because you can't kill unless you look cool. I just want to add to Terminator Boutique, we've got a huge selection of empty lots with tons of paper and newspapers that will fly around when you automatically <laughs> apparate in. in. It's like every time the Terminator comes in, there's always like a bunch of garbage around that gets in like a big swirl and then it's like, oh, there's a Terminator. I, lo- I do love that little glowing shit where it's just like everything's just gone. <laughs> Alright, folks, that was This Time Drinking with the Performer, sponsored by Last Call Brewing. Uh, we kind of forgot to mention uh, what we were drinking at the time, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's okay. So I'm going to ask now, gentlemen, what are we drinking? Let's go around the table. Scotch, what you got there? Oh, I, look at you. Look at this. Look I, at you. I know. I am um, drinking, and, you know, this is something I, I've not really bragged about, but, you know, I'm, I'm super proud of you guys getting the BVK IPA, obviously. Love you guys. Love the show. But this is the second beer that I've had made. And actually, Brad is also in the two beer club. I am in the two beer club. So um, we can just look at, at Zach and say, ha, ha, ha. You and your one beers. brewed beer. <laughs> I have the same amount of beers as I do draft wins. So um, I'm drinking uh, Blaker Brewing. Um, they did a smokescreen summer ale. 
for my band Flying Blind. Um, we, delicious. Delicious beer. Um, yeah, and we, we had a, it's just an amazing concert and a release party for that. And uh, those guys are just awesome, and we really appreciate them. And uh, it's got yeah. an album cover, album cover on the can. It's yeah. pretty legit. This is the the original um, push artwork from. Yep. Uh, so we released the album on our own, self released, self released, and had this awesome photo shoot. And what's really cool about this is the girl. You gotta tell the story. Yeah, yeah. legit story. So there's for people. I know this is a visual media here. Um, there's a girl pushing this car and the album's called push and so on the photo shoot that's sonia and she's a friend of ours and the guy whose car it is is my friend trevin's cousin and it was his car and so we we had it all set up and we're out in the middle of nowhere and we're doing this photo shoot and so she met sean the the guy who owned the car on set and they ended up getting married because oh, wow. of our photo shoot, so yeah, and still together, and they were at the still release together. party. They were at the release party. It was pretty damn legit. And now her ass is on a beer can. <laughs> <laughs> it's tasty beer. Mm-hmm. Zach, what you got? What you got? I am drinking the Westies with my besties that my boy Brad, my bestie Brad, brought me from uh, Last Call in Oakdale, California. What's the deal with this beer, Brad? Yeah, folks, while we were in L.A., uh, Last Call had a, a, a anniversary for their uh, the third year of – actually, I think it's like their eighth year of a, as a brewery. It was like their third year in their downtown taproom location. They brewed four beers, and this is one of their beers that they did. It's just a, a, a delicious single IPA. It's West Coast. It's pretty delicious too. I just—it's just crisp. It's got that good IPA flavor. It's uh, Westies with my besties. Cool can. Last call brewing. Always doing good stuff. They got four new beers that you can go down there and buy. So get down there, check them out. Yeah. So and I've already crushed one of those before I drank the Flying Blind beer, and it was excellent. And by the way, if anybody is mad at me right now because they went to Last Call because I promoted a show. On the sixth, um, I'm actually not there because I'm recording this right now, and um, so I did promo the show and I moved it to another date, which is already passed. If you're listening to this, because I don't know when this is going to fucking air. Yeah, hopefully so, you were there. Yeah. So anyway, if you came, it was a great me, show. Thanks, Scotch. That it was an amazing show. Thanks, buddy. It was delicious. It As was awesome. mentioned numerous times, time is a flat circle here on Bev's Video Kingdom. There is no reality. All right. Well, we want to thank. Uh, our guest, uh, um, Mark Christopher Lawrence, uh, it was it was awesome to talk to you, and thank you for being on here. Uh, that was drinking with the performer. So, uh, final thoughts, real quick, before we move on to some of our new categories. Um, I wanted to mention one thing that uh, there's a, a couple folks in this movie that, uh, uh, aside from smaller bit parts like 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 Mark, um, did you guys know who was one of the the SWAT team captain? SWAT team captain. He's the guy that when they find Miles Dyson and he's like all shot up and he's holding like the little detonator, the first like cop that comes up to him. Was it Hank? It's Hank from Breaking Bad. I knew it. I it Hank was, Schrader. When I was watching, I go, that kind of looks like Hank and I should IMDB this, but I didn't. And I'm so glad you brought it up now. Dean Holy Norris. Crap. Dean Norris is the like, and, he, and he's still got hair. So he's kind of like balding. Right. He's got like the little like back back hair stuff going on uh, before he shaved his head. So yeah, that's that's a pre Breaking Bad Dean Norris as the uh, SWAT team captain. Unbelievable! So that's kind of cool. There's also a tall, skinny, bald guy that gets out of a truck on the freeway and gets stabbed. And I rewound it twice, and I was like, "Is that Larry Hankin?" 
is that Larry Hankin in this movie? <laughs> it's, it's not, Larry. not him. I told my wife, I was like, is that Mr. Heckles? She's like, no, that's not him. Oh, good try, oh, though. Man. So any final thoughts before we, we move forward here? Any uh, last things that you want to mention? I, I, I'll say one thing, T-1000, uh, uh, the opening scene when they're in the mall and he chucks Arnold Schwarzenegger out of the window and then he turns around and he sees like the silver mannequin. It's one of my favorite little small scenes that he just kind of looks at it for a second. He like takes like a little double check and he's like, the fuck? And mm-hmm. he's like, okay. And then he just kind of keeps moving on. I love that little detail as far as like a little just small moment. Yeah. It, it, one thing I had that I was thinking about was, and I wish I could totally remember, I don't think that we really knew that Arnold was a good guy. And it was revealed, and, and right and because I know they this, did this now. Important, yeah, they they in, intentionally tried to prevent as much as possible from knowing that right. he was going to be a good guy. And you thought that Robert Patrick was going to be the you know like in in the first movie, and trying to stop Arnold again. And so I remember that twist as being something that was like, oh my god, this was a, that's amazing. And I was sitting there watching it, going, okay, obviously I already know the plot, so it kind of took it away from it. Um, but I was just really trying to remember if that was something they really hyped at the beginning. So do you not find out until she <clears throat> finds out that he's a good guy? Come with me if you want to. Well, until he, until he saves John. Yeah, when he in saves the, the John, that's, that's the first time. Oh, you're but right. But when, so he's, he walking out, when he's walking down the, the hall and he like steps on the roses right after he pulls out the shotgun, it's like, yeah. oh, that shit is like, oh, he's, this is bad news. Right. So you don't know who, who's on whose side at that point. And that's when you find out. As soon as he grabs him, he turns, and then he starts getting shot by the other, the other by by Robert Patrick. That's when, and I I told that to, I explained that to my son when I watched it with my son. I was like, you got to understand that this reveal for people who had seen Terminator One going into this, it was like, oh shit, like yeah, he's the good guy. What exactly? This is wild. Yeah, that's something that I, yeah I don't know if people like really understand how huge that was when yeah. it was revealed to us. That's a big deal, yeah, because Terminator fucks up a lot of people in, in the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. He just fucks up people's knees in this one. Just he's like, "You're ACL, you're ACL." Yeah. He puts a lot of people, yeah, on on some disability for a while. You've got a leg wound. You've got a leg wound. Literally. Oh man. So one one more thing though that we've been doing recently is you know. Uh, the, the soundtrack in this movie is, is pretty interesting. It's got it's a very uh, uh, distinctive soundtrack. But that last scene when Sarah Connor's kind of talking about the future, what what song would just be the most inappropriate or stupid song to put on there? And I, I was trying to think about it, and I thought up uh, I can sleep I can see clearly now by Johnny Nash. <laughs> also, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. <laughs> That what would, if that's playing as that they're driving down the, the road? Scene. That would, <laughs> that would definitely change. Uh, think of anything else? Is there anything else that you oh, might drop? I think at they the just end? come in with girls. They wanna have fun. <laughs> oh, girls! I think that would be huge. That was pretty good. Oh. Or I was thinking if she had mbop on the radio, like just like mbop, mbop, bop, mbop. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> Scott, you got anything? No, I don't. Um, but I was thinking about this um, GNR. When that song, this because GNR, you could be mine. You could be mine. This was a huge deal. This was actually almost bigger than the movie itself because we'd been waiting for a, a new GNR album, and this was where it was debuted. Like, and we we're sitting in the theater, and you hear there's the GNR song in it, and it's playing, and that was almost as fucking cool as the T1000, you know. Um, so yeah, that was just something I remember getting hyped up about. Was hey, we get to hear the new GNR song in this movie. There you go. 
All right, folks, we are on to everybody's favorite segment. It is Shag Snag Body Bag. Is it a one-night stand or do you hit it with a shovel or take it home to mom and dad? It's like fuck, marry or kill. It's Shag Snag Body Bag. Gosh, dang it. Scotch. Just makes you feel good. It makes me feel great. Every time I hear that, I'm just like, it's, a, it's just a happy little like burst of energy for me. I, I dig it so much. But now that you know what it is, hey, Zach, what are you shagging? So I am shagging. You know, I want to just be like, you know, like how we always are. Like, oh, I want to shag the dystopian future because it's freaking awesome. But I'm going to go with even more specific than that. And that is time travel movies. Because I just love all the time manipulation. And I, you know... A lot of my shag snag body bag is going to be, you know, centered around time travel because it's so fucking great. Um, I really like the basic concept that they set up in this movie for why all this shit is happening. I like that. It unravels super quickly for me, but I'm still okay with that. I'm <laughs> yeah, okay the fact with that it. Kyle Reese is sent back to protect his mom. But then he ends up impregnating his mom, and like now he's the dad of him. It's like that that whole shit gets. But you they were sent back at the loop. same time, and like, they only had two of them to send back. Yeah, like but, I don't understand. Yeah. So the thing is, in both the movies, Temp Terminator and T two, you don't think about it at all during the film. Right. It's all shit that you think about later. Right. Which hundred percent. Which is a, good. That's good filmmaking. Yeah. But yeah, you start thinking about it. And you got, you got this chicken or the egg shit going on. Well, isn't it like John's like super close buddy that he sends back to... Uh, it was like right. a soldier that he yeah. like trusted. And you don't yeah. think he was like, hey, don't fuck my mom. <laughs> like right before he went into the fucking portal. <laughs> right. I'm hey, just remember, saying. don't fuck mom. Yeah. He's but, like, I mean, okay, he, dude, it's fine. And then he's like, your mom's kind of hot, bro. But I then he know. dies back then. And then it's like, so that guy never exists. Like if you start right. going to back the future things, it's like, well, he dies back. Oh, then- don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk yeah. about it. I yeah. will, we will, we will discuss it at length yeah. in just a second. Yeah. Okay. Same okay. thing with, with like, and, and my, my biggest thing was like, how do they know the timing? Okay. So do they know that they're going to send somebody to kill him or did they go back and kill him? But if they killed him, then how do they know to send somebody back to stop him from killing him? <laughs> They intercepted a pigeon. (laughs) There was a pigeon with a note. So that's the type of oh shit! They're sending a Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) That shit fries my noodle. But hey, it's a great shag, bro. Don't think about it. I dig it. Don't think about it too hard. Time travel. That's what. That's the beauty of time travel movies. Yeah, they get you talking. They get you to discuss weird, crazy shit. Hundred percent. Some movies do it really well. Some movies do it like T (laughs) two. Scotch, Scotch. What you got? What you shagging? I have one shag written down, and it's really simple. It's fucking miniguns. Oh man, Gatling guns! First of all, why are they called mini guns? Yeah, That's I was just, just about to name. say that gun's big as fuck. They're always called mini guns, and they're the weird, yeah. fucking baddest motherfucking gun ever. And Vulcan like, cannon or or Gatling, Gatling gun. gun, yeah. And like, so when he busts that fucker out and just starts raking it across the cop cars, it's amazing. And then, like, of course, my favorite Gatling gun ever is Predator. Old, old painless when he pulls that yeah. thing out in that movie. So I just love. I thought you. Like, I thought you were gonna gun. go with uh, uh, young guns when they actually have the old original crank, crank Gatling crank gun. gun. <laughs> <laughs> no man, but yeah, no. Anyway, uh, yeah. Sign when, me when, up. when you watch when he's when he's like spraying the area with uh, 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 all over the uh, the cop cars, right? Just the amount of shells that are falling out right. of the bottom of that thing. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Well, it's, it's so wild. And of course, first of all, I know he's a Terminator and all, but Gatling guns. That's the most 
unaccurate weapon in the history of weapons. <laughs> and you know, he's he's doing pretty good, not killing anybody. Yeah, but zero percent casualties. Exactly. He hit forty two knees, <laughs> no casualties. <laughs> All right. Well, my shag is actually all the things that that Terminator Two won the Oscars for. It won Oscars for special effects. It won for music, for sound editing. Uh, all that stuff was where they got their Oscars, and I think it maybe deserved a few more Oscars besides that. But the special effects, best um, actor, obviously the the CGI, <laughs> the CGI stuff was amazing, ahead of its time. It basically changed movies forever. Um, but some of the practical effects, Stan Winston, they brought in, who's done Jurassic Park, Aliens, Predator, uh, the original Terminator. I mean, that dude was a legend of of practical effects. And so they built all the models and stuff, like of the of the the T two or the T one thousand when it's like split open and stuff. Built all that shit. The sound, the music. Uh, uh, Brad, uh, I think it's Fidel, uh, is the guy who did the music for mm-hmm. both Terminator and Terminator. He didn't do a whole lot of other stuff, really. But the just oh oh man, there's just so many moments. But my favorite music moment is when the uh, the elevator, the the T the T one thousand opens up the elevator and then starts to chase because like the music's kind of like do 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 and all of a sudden it goes do 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 and now he's chasing him and it's just like that fucking music gets me pumped intense. up and it's got like it's got the little screeching in the background so you just know it's intense and it just do 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 it's just that that driving beat and fuck it's so great and I love it so much so love that all the peripherals of the film all the, the what special about and all that shit. okay let me ask you this this is on brand. At the beginning of the movie, it's like zooming in, the fire's going, and there's a freaking, there's a skeleton robot face, right? Is he a Rasta robot? Do you guys notice his Brad Franca dreadlocks coming out of the back of his hair? Like, if you watch that again, it's like fire in the background, and then it comes in. The the robot has dreadlocks behind its head, and it's like... And the robot's just like looking right at the screen. Wait, just that very, very beginning. Yeah, the very beginning. And it's like he's got dreadlocks coming off of the back of his head. I got to go back and see that because I don't think I've ever noticed that. Dude, watch it again, bro. Watch wow. it again. Missed that one. Anyways. <laughs> it was, a skull, it was it, a skull of a predator. When I watched it last night, I was like, was why does he have dreadlocks? What is happening on the back of his head? I don't understand. Well, well, speaking of movie tie-ins, I'm going to jump right into my snag. Um, my my snag is, and, and we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, is just movie tie-ins done right. Because uh, I don't know if you can necessarily get that type of uh, uh, situation. We talked about earlier that television you had to watch the commercials, so we're seeing all the Taco Bell and Subway commercials and stuff that are like promoting T2. Um, and then MTV's showing the You Could Be Mine video with with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. It's got one of my favorite moments ever in a music video when at the very end uh, he runs into the, the band and he scans each of them. And then he gets to Axel and it scans it says Waste of Ammo. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to kill them because <laughs> it's such a great little moment because he's doing all, he's doing scans he's, he's scanning Duff he's he's scanning all of them and then he gets to Axel and it says waste of ammo waste and it's just ammo. like that's so hilarious which uh, again that type of tie-in is something that you just wouldn't get nowadays and and uh, it was it was a blockbuster of all blockbusters and uh, yeah I enjoyed the hell of all the little tie-ins toys commercials music videos all that shit that's awesome. Um, I, I think I said this earlier, but um, I'll reiterate. Um, I love a great twist at actually an unexpected time, like the early twist of Arnold being the good guy yep. and just not being ready for it. And so it's like 
you're not ready for a twist at all. And all of a sudden, holy shit, that's the twist of all twists. And he's, he's going to be the protector. And that whole thing just happens. And you're just sitting there going, holy crap. And your, your whole like mental attitude going into this film completely changes. And it's pretty rare that you get that in a lot of movies. And they, so I love that. They could have fucked it up really bad because one of their, their early ideas was that there was going to be two T-800s. Okay. And that would have just ruined it if you had just two Arnolds like fighting against each other. That that would have been super stupid. So yeah, the idea that it would have been like both, like one's good, one's bad. That, well, that would have been a terrible idea. Yeah. Like like evil Superman versus real Superman. <laughs> exactly, you know? it would have been shit. So luckily they didn't go that direction, and they ended up going with the uh, the T one thousand. So mine is gonna be two things. One is the badass female lead character right sarah mm-hmm. connor just being like super like almost i mean she's like physically imposing right she's super ripped but my second part of it is the prison workout that she's mm-hmm. doing in the very beginning is like one of the most iconic things like how many pull-ups does she do and she's like doing them slow and measured and like she's all sweaty like yeah. she's obviously done like a billion pull-ups she's probably done a bunch of sit-ups and push-ups and stuff super ripped super intimidating and super capable, right? Like she could have yeah. taken out the one guy, the programmer guy, no problem if she didn't have a conscience. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally, dude. I I love that kind of and shit. It seems like she doesn't get quite as much mention as like a Ripley or like some other heroines. But there's that's a very similar shit. character, which right. is my like parallel, which would be like yeah, Ripley and all Ripley and things. aliens particularly, right. right? But but yeah, no, I, I I mentioned when we did our when we drafted the uh, the best moms, uh, I drafted Sarah Connor and I, okay. I that, that iconic scene of after she drops from the doing the pull ups and then she turns around and she just has that look of that craziness. You're yeah. Like, Fuck! I do not want to mess with that she's woman. Fuck you up, dude. She's gonna, she'll stab you in the kneecap with her pen. She's been she's 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 got some scores to settle. You know what I mean? I love that shit. And 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 that whole aspect of everybody's going to die, so I don't give a fuck. Like that that's some 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 real serious business. Yeah. When with like I don't care because we're all gonna die anyway. Yeah. So you know I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's that's scary. Yeah, man. She's she's a scary like just her presence like just her i don't give a fuck about anything whole is crazy and what's awesome is the scene where they show the her in in the dream sequence is actually her sister mm. and um it, it's crazy because you think oh it's that's her but it's like she just doesn't have that same look and it's because it was yeah she's not sister. as ripped and stuff yeah and and then the, the <clears throat> scene where they're showing her like go crazy and then like she's like that's not you and she's like oh no i'm changed and stuff mm-hmm. as soon as he says i think you're just playing yeah, with me she fucking and she goes it. to evil like just immediately <laughs> like that's fuck god she see that's what i'm saying she she deserved some some acting credit here she deserved oh, some, she some honors because that was a a badass role and I, I think because it was a big blockbuster action movie she probably didn't get the 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 all the respect that she deserved from that role. All right, body bags, unzip them. What are we throwing in there? So, so my body bag is is easy. And obviously, these guys didn't watch Back to the Future before they made this movie. <laughs> because every time that they do something, you, you know, did they watch Butterfly Effect with my dude Ashton Cooch? <laughs> I mean, are we going to be serious about time travel right now? Every time you go back and fuck around with some shit, 
that is going to alter everything that happens later, and you're just going to disappear, right? I mean, <laughs> you would it's think. the most ridiculous shit. Like, as soon as he fucking causes the 2,000-car pileup on the freaking 405, <laughs> it's over, dude. Like, that changes everything going forward. None of the shit that happens later is going to happen. Yeah. That's my body bag. I hate it every time. I just want a, somebody with a Polaroid that they can pull up and be like, oh, I'm fucking, I'm disappearing. You know what I mean? That's what I need. <laughs> I'm jumping along with you because mine, my body bag is, is my particular timeline issue is that it got totally screwed up based on the years because T1, ter, uh, uh, Terminator 1 ter, takes place in 85. And then this movie is supposed to be 95 because obviously 97 is the deadline. So they have to do it by then. Mm-hmm. So they 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 say when when T one thousand looks up John Connor it says he's ten years old. Ten years old. No, that kid is not ten years old. And he's supposed to be ten. He's supposed, he's to, be supposed 10. to be ten years Bro. old. Yeah, he's, thir- he's well, he's thirteen years old when he filmed this. As the actor filming it, but they also make him act like he's like a fourteen or fifteen year old. Right, he's a teenager. Yep. I mean, riding off the motorcycle when he's he's broom broom and his his foster mom's trying to talk to him and stuff. That's shit a teenager does. A ten year old's not doing that shit. Yeah, it says it in the in the description for the movie. It says. 10 years after the events of the first film, I was like, wait a minute, that means he's 10? No fucking way. I <laughs> he's never... less than that, bro. She's got to be pregnant for a while, dude. He's <laughs> right. nine. Exactly. And that so that's what I said. Is... They, they put themselves in a bad spot because 97 is when the nuke's supposed to happen. So, I mean, I guess they wanted it to happen a couple of years before because they have to be like, oh, Skynet's just starting to kind of figure shit out. Like, or they're starting to develop Skynet. I didn't know he was 10. I got a new body bag. My body bag is like that <laughs> kid was supposed to be 10. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy talk. The fact I coach they, a bunch yeah. of 10-year-olds every week, and <laughs> Jesus, dude, that is wild. Uh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So going off of that, I'm going to say uh, one. Of, I have three body bags, actually. They're oh kind of short Lord. and sweet. They're just little, little, little small body bags? Well, but the bigger one Light is size? Edward, body Edward Furlong's acting sucks. I think he's just not good. He's only movie. 10, bro. <laughs> he's 13. What do you fucking want from a 10-year-old? A 13-year-old playing a 10-year-old should be able to play a 10-year-old at 13. I, I, I will say I hate the scene when though. he's like an asshole to those dudes that try like try to help him. Right. Like that that part always annoyed the fuck out of me. That he's kind of a little asshole and he's And then the whole acting. time he's like, No, you can't kill people. It's like, are you an asshole or are you not an asshole, dude? I don't get it. Are you a ten year old with a conscience? Your foster or do you parents are dead. He's like, Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Hated that bitch anyways. Now don't kill anyone else. Just my foster parents. So another another issue I had with, with it was when he when the uh T one thousand is chasing him on the he's on the motorbike and so so yeah he's he's on the motorcycle with his buddy or whatever and he ends up like the truck hits the back of a motorcycle so he basically does rubbing on a motorcycle and <laughs> fucking a, doesn't wipe a little out. honda yeah and he yeah. just he's he's getting hit by a, 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 a big a big yeah. rig and it's big just rig. like yeah rubbing's racing son I was like, I was like, <laughs> he's no. just like ah, ah. <laughs> yeah i was like no fuck that and then my biggest one is um fucking bad to the bone when Arnold comes out, what is this problem, child? What Dude, the fucking movie are we watching? That song is so. <laughs> I, but the thing is, at the time, I think in the theater, people were like, "Yeah, it's so cool." Hell but yeah! Now they they're like, "He's wearing leather. He has yeah, boots on." Yeah, and now it's just like, it's no. City. I, we've been doing that little segment of of choosing like the corny song that should that's inappropriate to play. Yeah, that basically is like one of those corny like choices, and that it, it was it was more like a Spielberg thing. Like that seems like something Spielberg does. Not that James Cameron's like 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 some a tour over uh, Spielberg, but like Spielberg likes those little like cheesy little things like that. And I just I was surprised that they 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 did something like that. It was bad. Yeah, th- this is this last watch was the first time I was like, 
that's such a cheesy song to throw in there, <laughs> especially if you're not supposed to know that he's like the bad guy or like the good guy or the bad guy. Right. It kind of almost like plays him like, oh, he's a good guy. Well, yeah, it, yeah in a way, it, yeah. it definitely plays differently now that you know because you're like, oh, yeah, because you know, he is the good guy Cause you're back like, then. Oh, weird. here's a silly song. Look, he's silly. He's getting on his motorcycle. <laughs> oh, he killed 17 cops in the last movie. Look at him. He's getting on a motorcycle. I'm he's glad he's wearing leather, leather in case he falls on his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that the dude that he fucks up, uh, the guy that you forgot to say please, and he like, puts out the cigar, uh-huh. that dude, it's funny, there's a uh, 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 True Dark is a movie or near i'm sorry near dark is a vampire movie from uh catherine uh zeta jones no catherine bigelow wait bigelow is that her name who did uh the fucking bomb movie yes with modesto yeah catherine bigelow her first movie was and she also did uh uh keanu reeves and point break isn't that point who did point Break? oh yeah that's catherine bigelow yeah so she did this movie her first one of her first movies in the 80s called near dark and that dude in the scene with the cigar, he actually gets jacked by vampires in a bar. He's like the, the tough guy in a bar and gets murdered by vampires in a very vicious way. I mean, so I'm like, that's kind cast. of a weird typecast. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the tough dude in the bar that gets murdered by people or beat up by people. <laughs> How tall is Arnold, like in, in real life? 6'4? I'm going to say that's probably about right. Okay, I'm picturing him 6'4, which is big as shit. He's fucking like 280. Like the biggest fucking dude on and the that planet. Dude was like he's six, walking four, around with his dick out. He's walking around with his dick out with no care in the world, and he walks up to you and he's like, "Hey, I need your fucking clothes and your motorcycle." And this dude's just like, "I'm gonna blow smoke in his face, put his cigar." The dude's like wrinkly and old. <laughs> he's like a 65 year old man that's not in shape, and he thinks he's gonna whoop Arnold's ass with Arnold's freaking six pack. <laughs> that's a bold move. He's got his homies though. So I miss it. He's also, he's also packing because he pulls his gun out at one point. So I think he's just like a little confident. So here in my territory, it. here's a question for you. And I directed you. So I think you'll appreciate this. Okay. So what does the Terminator's cock look like? Do they, do they give him, have you ever seen alien? Some Do they give him like, fuck it. I mean, you can do whatever you want. It's, it's a fake yeah. cock. Right. And so you, right. do you give him a lot of cock or do they say, is well, you don't really need the cock or is it large or is it just like, or do they avoid the cock altogether? Or is it He's like just, a Ken doll situation? Yeah. Right. I want to know. What do you think? Like a, like in dogma. Yeah. Um, what do I think? Yeah, what I want to know what you think. So when in Alien, when the alien opens his mouth and the smaller alien comes out, <laughs> that's what it looks like. And then, and then when it comes out, and then when that smaller alien opens its mouth, then like the blood when they kill Ash and all those other aliens, all that milky shit that comes out, that's what comes out. <laughs> so basically, just come. There you go. Yeah, alien come. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 that's an interesting question. I think they would want it to be appropriate appropriately because they don't want him to be found out because obviously they show up naked in the future you guys will claim that arnold as terminator is a cyborg correct in the future you will do that what does cyber what does does cyborg stand for do you confirm or deny that you said that that That, that discussion is going to be had it's going to be had he's not a human but he's fully robot. But if you guys want to make him a cyborg, I say the only part of him that's left from his human form is his cock. Lesh. And then everything else is cyborg. Is, is, so if his is cock terminated. was human, then you would accept yep. him as a cyborg? Exactly. Okay, fair enough. All right. He's got a human cock. All right. <laughs> so that's that's Shag Snag body bag. They got it, that went interesting direction towards the end. I think everybody got their body bags, right? We, yeah, we went, yeah, we went around good. the room. So we're now <laughs> streaming recommendations. And uh, who wants to start there with some some streaming recommendations? What are you watching now that you watch T2? I got to go. Uh, 
the thing that started it all with kind of the Arnold Renaissance commando. It's on stars. Like he was going in that bar. So he's, he's pretty much a robot in that movie. Yeah. And uh, but but like, you know, you think of Arnold and you think of all his classic one liners and, you know, the super cheesy, stupid lines. And, you know, the one from that movie that's, that always sticks out to me is, you know, he kills the dude on the airplane and he's like the stewardess. He's getting up. He's like, don't just do my friend. He's dead tired. Dead you know? tired. <laughs> and it's just like it, so that was the movie that kind of started this whole Action film, super over the top craziness, and then with the cheesy one liners and Commando is just, it's an amazing watch. I love it. I love to go Commando. All right. I'm going to go. My streaming recommendation is on Hulu right now, and you should run over there and watch Oscar Isaac and Alicia Vicklander in X because uh, it's a really dope movie. Beautiful robot. Oscar Isaac is a fucking absolute badass. Um, Go check it out. It's that's, really that's cool. That's a very good recommendation. So good, Related yeah. to the whole cyborg robot style. I went into that one not. I didn't. I went a in blind. Thing. Yeah. Also, Scott Beck, and it was so entertaining. And well, I mean, I'm an Oscar Isaac guy, so I'm like, I'm in, and it's so worth. We're we're recording this. the 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 second episode of Moon Knight came out today. I've not watched it, but the first episode of Moon Knight is it? Has, have anybody caught that yet? No. I I'd like to get a few episodes. Stacked up so I can watch All right. one around. Well, I, I will say I've watched the first episode. It's a trip. It's interesting mm-hmm. and it's worth watching. Disney Plus does a lot of mooning, but that's um, not my recommendation. My recommendation. I went a different route than y'all. I decided. You know what? This was one of the first really gigantic summer blockbusters, and I said, you know what? I've always considered this other movie the ultimate blockbuster. Not because it's a better film. Not because it's like oh god what anything movie? super exciting, but it's just the ultimate blockbuster as far as if you're going to take all of these movies like Terminator 2 that came out and Independence Day and you're just like, we're going to fucking squish them all up and just release this just this ultimate blockbuster. You're talking about Battleship? I'm talking about Armageddon. Oh, dude. Oh, I get that it. was on Prime the ultimate summer. Video. <sighs> it is on Prime Video. Armageddon is just about like they just said we're going to take every trope of every blockbuster and just put it all into one gigantic movie it's going to be wild there's going to be musical sections there's going to be explosions there's going to be every 10 minutes there's going to be a a, a stressful scene and we're just going to make this just nuts way too much cgi i remember seeing it in the theater dude i remember i remember who i was with i remember what theater it was at i remember freaking steven tyler coming in freaking Oh, dude, it's it's oh, it's, that was such a like, jam, bro. singing a love song while his daughter's like getting it on. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they weird. had a tie-in, like all sorts of things. Like it was just, it was that, just it felt huge, and it was a, a big movie. I loved Liv Tyler. I really like Armageddon. Dude, Bruce Willis, Affleck. I'm I'm a big Affleck fan. It so was damn I was entertaining. About that. Um, and speaking of Armageddon, um, for those of you at home, you should Google on YouTube Armageddon radio broadcast. You're welcome. It's Armageddon. A, it's, a, it's, radio it's a nice little story about a gerbil. <laughs> okay. Right. Just, well, I'm just saying. I'm leaving that out there. I All think right. I'm gonna have to search this up, and I'm we'll we'll, we'll talk about it later. All right. <laughs> All right. So that's your streaming recommendation, Armageddon. That's my, that's my new streaming. Uh, okay. All right. Good to know. All right, reshelf it. Alternate endings. It's time to uh, you go walk into Bev's video kingdom. You're gonna take this uh, this movie Terminator Two, and you're either going to rewrite the ending or you're gonna place it somewhere else where it doesn't belong. I'm gonna start here because I don't think mine's great, but 
I want to just reshelf it. I'm not going to do an alternate ending. I'm going to reshelf this thing and say, you know what? I want the Looney Tunes version of this movie because where they just can't seem to stop T-1000, but they keep in... Uh, uh, Who would be the Terminator, Bugs? No, 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 no. no I, don't want it, I don't want it to be like Looney Tunes characters. I just want where <laughs> they just keep trying to kill T-1000 in just these ridiculous ways. They're like dropping pianos on them. They're just doing all this thing. Oh, they, they can't like, figure out how to kill it. They like paint a tunnel on the wall. And, and, they- and it just it splats and then <laughs> yeah. it like comes back together. They're trying all these different moves and that shit just keeps... They, they're like, how do we kill this thing? And it just keeps coming back and keeps coming back and there there's just wilder traps and devices and i want the all the acne shit i just want it to go crazy them trying to kill this thing over and over and over and it just keeps coming back oh i love that i just want to see how many different ways can you can you try to kill a t-1000 okay um i want to turn it into a romantic comedy with a little action in it and so it kind of starts the same a few more jokes instead of a guy friend john is hanging out with a girl Kind of like a, a like she's like the boof character in Teen Wolf, like another ten um, year old. Yeah, another ten year old. Okay, but it's kind of like the, the, the tom the tomboy the tomboy that really likes him and uh, yeah you yeah know, like, like on my girl right. And then gotcha. so you know there's some goofy happen things that happen like when the, when they actually fight when Arnold's fighting the T one thousand you know like Arnold goes through the glass into the mall and like somebody drops a Slurpee on his head it's like <laughs> hilarious shit you know he's like where's the yeah. juice yeah. exactly <laughs> where's the juice but. But the real twist is is after they they get they rescue Sarah and they're driving down the road and there's a scene where he says um, the Terminator reveals that he has detailed information on human anatomy, and Sarah perks up and gives a bite lip or bites her lip like uh, ScarJo and Chef like I like, like it. oh human anatomy. So then there's like these hijinks and shenanigans. There's all these sexual innuendo between Sarah and she's like trying to get him away to like kind of teach him things and educate him, and then finally you know. Like, you know, and then the movie kind of keeps going at, at how it normally happens, but there's all this weird little sexual tension, whatever. And then at the end, when they're lowering uh, Terminator into the molten steel and he's starting to go down and John can't handle it. Like, he doesn't want to watch because he loves him so much. So him and Boof, or whatever that girl is, she, they go running off because he doesn't, can't watch it. So you think he goes down. <laughs> she but brings the, him back. But up. then there's post credits. So it goes to the credits. But then he and goes then, down. Then it shows post credit scene. Sarah crafting a cyber dildo and attaching it to his arm. Fade to black. <laughs> you think he goes down, but he hasn't gone down yet. Um, I love that. I think there's a scene in the middle. There's a scene in the middle of that movie where he's like got an injury like around his groin, mm-hmm. and she, he's just like she she's discovers like, what that. Yeah, what she's that like, why don't you go? Eight hundred penis looks like. Yeah, she's like, why don't you go change? And then like he's a robot and doesn't get social cues, so he just takes his pants off right in front of her, and she's like, oh my goodness, okay. And then I, she goes down and has to like stitch it up. She, I, I like, gotta moves say, moves it to the side. I think we forgot to answer our own question because. <laughs> In the very beginning scene, when he's in the bar, mm-hmm. that one waitress comes back around the corner oh, with the plate. Out, yeah. She checks it out. She goes, she goes oh, and like yeah. looks them all down. Like she's like, okay, there's so there's definitely something going down. Yeah, there's something down downstairs. Yeah, I mean, was that ever a question? It's Arnold, bro. Yeah. Well, we were questioning ourselves. Come we were on, like, man. what does he got? And the guy, I think the, the guy I think can't the even walk right through there. his house without impregnating a fucking maid or something. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. As our former governor, man. <laughs> Pay some respects. All right. So do you got to. OK, so, well, I, we always have to we always have to say, you know, one of our biggest fans out there, Keith, uh, Terminator 2, 
till dawn. Judgment day till dawn. Oh yeah! Instead of sending back a Terminator, they send back a vampire. Yeah, and they're like, this guy won't die. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't know if a vampire would be super effective against T one thousand. Although he couldn't kill the vampire because he can't make wooden stakes out of his hands, right? He's just stabbing him with metal, and the vampire's like, "You got nothing." You know what? Bro. To to do the continuity, maybe Kyle Reese is actually a vampire. That's I saw. Oh. He didn't die in the first Terminator. He's now alive, and so he's now like so. Oh, he was he was a vampire. They just knew he wasn't going to die. So like that's why they sent him the first time. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. There you go, Keith. Sorry, Keith. That wasn't our best effort. <laughs> it, was kind of a, it was kind of a last minute addition, but you know what? We do it for the fans. All right, folks. Well, that's the uh, the the wrap on the the, the T two. Uh, I gotta say, just legitimately, of all the movies we've done so far, this movie stands out to me the most as like something that like I was like, oh my god, I love movies because of this movie. Uh, all the special effects, I was like, oh my god, this is what they can do with computers now. This is amazing. Like it just it hits so many little notes. Of, of of an action movie and things like that that I loved at that time. So uh, it's it's one that I would say it's in my top 20 movies for sure of all time. Holy shit, that's a wild take. No, no, no. It's it, just because of just what it is and, and what, what it, it did. Had and nostalgia. Yeah. You know. no, there, I get there's it. some nostalgia mixed in there, but I, I get think it. Star Wars is in my top movies because of the same reason. Yeah, I mean, in, in that same vein, but it's just like T2 was an amazing event, and I just remember coming out of the theater knowing nothing about Terminator 1 and just being like, that movie was fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Like, this was amazing. So, so there you go. So back to Brad's, like, we're going to make a... So who made the romantic comedy? You made the, mm-hmm. the romantic comedy out of it? Yeah. So I'm thinking that at the end of your romantic comedy, like, Arnold doesn't die. He comes out, and then they put the, the, the arm dildo on him, right. and he walks towards the screen, and fucking, it's just like, the song comes in, and it's like, I'm just a love machine, and I won't wait for nobody but you. Dang, dang. And you know what I mean? It just comes in like that, <laughs> and he fucking walks towards the screen, and then it just fades to black. I think that works. I like that. Oh, you don't have a little add-on. That's a little late add-on. I like it. Yeah. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking that would work. <laughs> He's just like revving the dildo hand. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he looks like Uncle Buck with the fucking drill, just walking around. Oh my! Well, that usually means we're at the end of our podcast. <laughs> Thanks we, for coming. We've gone a step too far. We're just like, yeah, it's time to end. So, love it, Scotch. You got anything coming up? Well, we don't even know what the we date don't know is. when this is gonna. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't if, if this is before um, beer fest. Yeah, we got brew fest on uh, May seventh. Oh, I got to tell a quick story because this is actually this will come out before brew fest. Okay. So, speaking of Brewfest, Central Valley Brewfest taking place, Turlock Fairgrounds. You should all show up. I think we might have some BVK members there. Um, mm-hmm. Brad, Scotch, and I, Brad and I will be there. Scotch Beck is going to be playing with Flying Blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his uh, you know, your secondary role as far as things <laughs> that you're into. Yeah. Right. And podcast, uh, pod, sometimes podcast host slash drummer. Right. Right. And uh, I will say this that I, I had a good conversation with the. Uh, the Hoist and Heavies boys, they are, uh, they're going to be there. And this is actually a little quick story. I, I, I met them last call brewing. I was talking to them for a little bit. And Hoist and I, Heavies guys have a podcast out of Oakdale, by the they way. They have a podcast yeah, out of Oakdale. Yeah. They talk about beer and they, they bullshit with, uh, they talk about, they talk with brewers. They, it's a fun podcast. It's just one of those ones where you can have some fun conversation. Anyway, they were talking to me and I said, are you guys going to the Central Valley boo brew that? Central Valley Brew Fest, and they're like, "What is it?" And I told them, and they're like, 
I think that's open. And I was like, you guys should totally go down there and like, you know, like talk to some of the brewers and stuff. And they're like, we probably should. And right there in that moment, they emailed one of the, the, the run, uh, the persons that runs that thing. And all of a sudden they like, thanked me like, dude, we're going to get a booth down there. We're going to be podcasting there. So, Live podcast. At yeah. Brewfest. So they're going to be, yeah. they're going to have their little, their gear there and they're going to be recording. So good, uh, good we, luck uh, c- conducting an interview with flying blind rocking in the background. <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I'm saying there, there might be some flying blind <laughs> interviews. There might be some, oh, some yeah. BVK interviews, but there's definitely gonna be some, some hoisting heavies guys talking with some, uh, some of the local breweries and, and some of the brewers that have showed up for the, the brew fest. So come out. It's going to be a great time. It, start, it starts around noon. Noon. Uh, till five. To five. If you if you buy the VIP, you get in at noon. If you buy the general admission, you get in at one. If you know Flying Blind, you go whenever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. And good eats. Oh, yeah. Good drinks. <laughs> food fix. We've talked about food fix on this pod a couple times. They're going to be there. Uh, it's going to be some great grub, great drinks. Sweet. All the Oakdale Breweries, Last Call, Dying Breed, Greens of Virtue, they're all going to be there. Uh, Blaker, Di- uh, 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 Dust Bowl, I think. Probably all of them are going to be there. Yeah, and and some some breweries from out of, out of town, like yeah, they, yeah. they get an amazing turnout. They actually have wine, you know. Yeah, it's 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 a, a great event, really fun. Uh, the following week on the fourteenth, I'm playing at Park uh, Parkinstock, uh, a, a benefit for Parkinson's. Uh, it's a solo show that I'm doing with uh, five other acts, a, a, a band, a bunch of solo artists. And uh, that starts around, uh, I think, noon or 1 o'clock uh, on the 14th. And it's just going to be a great event. Um, so come on out and support Parkinson's. And, and they've raised they raised like $11,000 last year, and they're trying to get 20000 this year. And I think they're easily going to do it. So There you go, folks. A great couple weekends there. You've got Brewfest, and then you've got Parkinstock at Blaker Brewing in series. So great times, great events. Come out, share some time, share some music. A lot of good music. Um, you got to understand, we were doing a little stupid movie cop podcast here, but we've got a very talented, well, actually, we got multiple talented musicians that are involved with this pod. So uh, uh, support them when you can. And other than that. And quick teaser next week, we got a draft of robots. Correct. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. We can talk about well, that, we can't can talk we? About that that we timeline know. fits. Like we're not, we're not going to fuck it up T two style. That timeline actually works. So yes, next week, next Tuesday, we're going to be drafting um, robots or cyborgs or or whatever, whatever the fuck Brad and Scott want to draft. It doesn't even matter what the fucking category. <laughs> you is. might you, you might hear some some arguments about what what those actually mean, <laughs> but you know, tune in next week. That's coming down the pipe. All right, folks, take care. Love y'all. Bye bye. Stop!